Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Look at this, 1 Thessalonians 3.11. This is a, a letter. It is marvelous to have you in the house today. We want to continue our series, Seeds and Harvest. Someone say Seeds and Harvest. Seeds and Harvest. Now I want to start off with Galatians 6-7, and I'm going to read through that text here in a moment. But I need you to understand that seeds and harvest aren't just for money. We're talking about money this month. I need to talk about your money, even if it offends you. Say, why would you talk about money in church? Well, because you think about money every day. You say, I don't think about it. Well, you went to pay for something, so most likely you thought about money. and say, okay, how much does that cost? I got enough? Whatever. So money is important. It's important to God. Jesus talked about money all the time. But beyond just money, there's also our actions, our lives, and our attitudes and the things we do that are seeds. And they determine our harvest. Remember, a seed always determines your harvest. I told you a story recently about how when I was a kid, I went out in the backyard on South Selman, and I thought, I had a great idea. I thought, the weather's pretty warm. And I just had an orange, and I thought, the orange had seeds in it. So I'm going to put these orange seeds in the backyard. Well, here's the deal. you got to have the right conditions for your seed to grow into something, right? I didn't know that at the time. I just thought, well, what if? I haven't seen any orange trees around here, but what if? I don't know if it was mom or dad that told me, said... You can't grow orange trees here outside. You know, maybe you can grow them in a greenhouse or whatever. I've been to California since a few times and seen orange trees growing in February. Great, that's beautiful, but not here. You got to have the right type, type of seed to have the right type of harvest, and the conditions need to be right. When we give our seeds, whether it's tithe or offering or first fruits or whatever it is, or you're blessing somebody with a tank of gas or a gift, a free service, or telling them, don't worry about paying me back, we've got to make sure that the conditions are right for you to receive a harvest, and that is faith. You add faith and love to your seed. Can I get an amen in here? All right? So this is going to be talking about different things today. Yes, think about seeds and harvest, we're sowing and re reaping tithe and offering and giving gifts to people, but also attitudes and sowing to the spirit and sowing to the flesh. You're about to see that here in Galatians 6, 7, and I won't go long, I never do. Let's go to Galatians 6, 7. Look at what scripture says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant, you always sow what you reap, Right? Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Mm. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Someone say good. Think about that. And maybe even recently, it's not that you wanted to go into the world, but you said, man, I just get tired of doing good. And doing good, and doing good, and doing the right thing. Not that you wanted to run, run away from God, I'm not saying that, but sometimes you get tired. But here's what scripture says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. You know what scripture says in Proverbs? If you faint or give up in the day of adversity or when it's tough, then your strength is small. So don't give up. Scripture explains scripture. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, someone say at just the right time. How many of you know, even in the physical, it takes a while for seeds to grow into a plant? 
at just the right time. When the season comes, all right? Physical planting, we know those seasons well. Sometimes when you give tithe, offering, first fruits, whatever it is, a gift to someone, you don't know when the next season is when God is going to return that and bless you amazingly. But at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Did you hear that? Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, let me say that again, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Especially, someone say, especially. Especially to those in the family of faith. One scripture says, I believe, the household of faith. So do good to everyone, but especially to other believers. Do good to them. Let's go to Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38, you know this one well. Give and you will receive. Whether it's money, gifts, time, love, whatever. Whatever you're sowing, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So let's go back to Galatians there at the end. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Doing what is good. So doing good. What is doing good? I want to talk to you about some of that today. Some of the things that I know are doing good in life. Things you want to sow. All right? And one of those is point one today. Help. Give help when you can. You as a believer, I think that's a very big deal for you. I think it's a bigger deal than we, we have made it over the years. Is Sometimes we're not helpful. I think there's a saying in Spanish. What is the word in Spanish when someone's helpless or not helpful? What is it? Inservible? It's like, man, they don't want to help with nothing. Excuse the double negative. Trying to make a point. They don't want to help with anything. Inservible. Helpless, but also they're just not helpful. Man, over the years, I don't think it's any of you guys in this house, but over the years I've seen it happen even here at church where guys were outside talking and women were walking by carrying heavy objects and the guys just looked at them and didn't even help. What? Hey, stop what you're doing and help. Say, does that mean women are weak? No, but help, it's the right thing. Let me get that door for you. Let me help somebody, man or woman. You've got to help and you've got to sow that because sometime you're going to need help. I tie help to serving. Our outreach, we go once a month, help a home. It's helpful to go to someone's house and say, hey, can we pray for you for anything? Or let us know if we can help. Come to church. Come see us on a Sunday morning. And some just don't want to help. Now, look, I know it comes more naturally to some folks. They say, man, I want to be helpful. But you know what? We got to work on that. I've worked on it in marriage and said, you know what? Let me help. Just this morning... (laughs) My wife said she knew I was getting ready, and I was getting some stuff together, and, um, you know, I walked the dog out in the cold, and I was scheduling this morning to make sure I'm at church with plenty of time, and so I can look over my notes and pray some more, and my sweet Jen goes, baby, I'm going to ask you to help. You probably don't feel like helping me right now, but would you help me with something? She was getting ready. I was getting ready. I said, sure. Can you imagine? I said, no, love. I'm just not helping. I'm just not helping. I'm telling you, she said that this morning. She said, ah, I know you probably don't feel like it or don't want to, but would you help me with something? And I, did, I didn't hesitate. It's like, yeah, let, let's do it. Let's see. Let's talk it through. Let's, let's see if I can help. And sometimes I'm not helpful. I've been told that before, not just by my wife, but for other people, from other people. My, wife, my mom used to tell me, babe, babe, you're not helping. <laughs> I can be very helpful and sometimes I just complicate matters. You ever told your kids or your husband, your wife or your friend or neighbor or whoever, 
Can you stop helping me now? Thank you. Thank you. May the Lord bless you with a harvest. You've helped. Thank you. God bless you, kiddo. See you later. Bye. Get out of the way. You're making it complicated. Stop helping me. Was it Elijah when he was a little, little boy? You remember that? I was at Johnny's house. Elijah's always been such a cute kid, but when he's a little boy, he looked like a cartoon character. And he couldn't say much, but he was always real bright. And I was at the house. I think all the kids were there. I don't know if Sophia was there, but I was there with Johnny. I don't remember what we were doing. Door frames, something. It's been years ago. Elijah was a little bitty boy. I will never forget, I was there helping Johnny for an hour and a half at his house. And the whole time, I wish more adults were this way. We didn't know how to get him to help, but the whole time, I mean, he couldn't even hold the hammer probably at this time, but Elijah walked around and looked at us and touched his dad and touched me for an hour and a half and said, can I help? I'll never forget that. Can I help? Can I help? And I don't remember what Johnny was saying. I was like, yeah, you're helping. Stand right there. You know, we're doing all kinds of creative stuff. He's a little bitty guy who can just barely talk. And he's walking around going, can I help? Can I help? Can I help? I wish more. I wish I would fall all over this ministry and say, can I help? And I really do believe that a large part of the folks in this ministry, I believe it's at 60% or more serve. Is that what we've estimated? A lot of folks help here. But there's always room for more help. We always need someone to serve. Don't ever be one of those folks that says, I just, I just won't, I can't, that's not my calling. Uh, our calling is to serve. And in sowing help, we receive help. You're going to need help sometime. I've seen some of the most unhelpful people in the world get on the phone, call the city, do something else, and they need help. It's always frustrating to go to the store. You go, hi, can I get some help? And they're irritated that you're asking, right? Thinking, oh, you must be working for free because you can't help me. You can't help nobody. Let's go to Galatians 6.1. Galatians 6.1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, I wanted to get the whole context here, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back, right? Onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. It's one way we help. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of of Christ. Share each other's burdens. Help folks. <laughs> this is a really interesting translation. We've read it before. If you think you're too important to help someone, someone say help someone. You're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> I mean, God helps. You know, Jesus helped his disciples. You say, man, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. It was only symbolic. Well, it was symbolic. He was showing them that he came to serve but their feet were dirty. Why? Because they walked around on dusty streets in sandals or barefooted. I don't know. They wore some kind of shoes. We know it, was, it was probably sandals, but it was a practical thing. Jesus, in serving them, when he said, let me serve you, and he washed their feet, he was actually helping them. Their feet were dirty. Do you think you're too important to help someone? You are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Did you know scripture says if it's, your, if it's in your power to help someone, to help them? Don't send them away as they go and come another day. You know, help them. Help them out. <laughs> and don't wait to be asked every time. It's okay to, you're asked and then you help. That is great because some folks, you ask them and they're just not available or they don't want to. But you can say yes here and there when you're asked, but don't even wait to be asked sometimes if you see that, that there's help needed. 
And some folks would say, I've heard people say this, well, I wasn't taught that, Pastor Matt. I've had people tell me that one-on-one about something important. I wasn't taught that. Some folks say, man, I wasn't taught to help. I was spoiled. Well, I'm teaching you now, child of God. It's time to learn to help. It's only normal and adult and a Christian adult thing. And here's what we do here is we raise up believers as Christian adults here. Say, no, I'm just a Christian, but I'm immature. No, no, no. Christian adults, we don't stay babies forever. And helping is sowing to the Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, especially with your helping, if you're helping with good things. Say, doing good, how can I do good? Help somebody. Help somebody out. Man, some of the, the biggest things in life that have touched my heart over the years is someone giving me something I wasn't expecting or helping me or helping me carry something or say, offering their truck before I had a truck. It seems like before I had a truck, I needed a truck every day. Did you, did you guys notice that? Some of you that don't have a truck, probably won't need one as much if you have one, but it's weird. I feel like I needed one all the time, and my wife told me for years, she goes, baby, you need a truck. I'm like, I don't want to pay for a truck. She goes, we need to get you a truck. We, you need to get a truck. And now I'm always putting something in that thing. Always. We're moving something. We're throwing, I'm throwing boxes away. I'm throwing something in the back or branches. Something is always going into the back of the truck. Our dog doesn't even want to ride in the back. He likes it once he's up there, but getting him up there, I don't know what it is. He's like, I'm going to ride. I want to be in the cab, sitting behind you, looking out. I don't know what it is. But man, if you have a truck, you can help people, all right? And man, the folks that helped me over the years with their trucks, it just touched my heart. It always did. So let's read this verse again before I go on to our second point. Luke 6.38. Let's read that again. And I'm just going to read the first part of it. Luke 6.38. It just says, give and it shall be given to you. Or give and you will receive. It's that simple. And some folks say, man, I don't give to receive. Look, here's the deal. You're going to need to receive at some point, and you're not giving to receive, but give with a heart full of love and faith, and you will receive anyway. You say, man, I'm not trying to get something back from them. or That's fine. Just give and sow to the Spirit and move on, and you're helping someone, all right? Sowing and reaping, seeds and harvest. Someone say seeds and harvest. Seeds and harvest. Point two today. This is a unique one. I've been thinking about this one for a while. Have mercy. Be merciful with people. My mom is in heaven. She's been in heaven now. Wow. Five and a half years. She is long gone. She's in heaven having the time of her eternal life. I'm telling you. But one of the things she taught me, and I'll never forget one time in particular. I'm not going to give you all the details. We were actually writing notes in church. We were in Denver City, Texas. The last church dad pastored before this church, which is, wow, many, many, well over 30 years ago. We were in Denver City, Texas. And I don't remember the whole thing. I remember some of it. I'm not going to bring up all of it. But I, I know I was being hard on somebody. And we were leaving, we were leaving that church to come to this church. Uh, or, well, not this church exactly, a little, little building that burnt down a few blocks away from here, those army, old army barracks. That was the church that dad came to initially, First Spanish Baptist Church. And I'll never forget, we were having a conversation, and my mom didn't have a habit of writing notes to me in church unless she was telling me to shut up or something. I don't know. I don't remember. But I'll never forget, in her handwriting, and she didn't, she was educated, intelligent, but she always had odd handwriting. It was bubbly and strange. Y'all know my mom's handwriting. Many of you that were in her group or knew my mom, her, her handwriting was distinct. I can still see it. And she wrote, 
babe, be merciful, exclamation point. I don't know why that just stuck with me. I don't, I don't remember who I was being hard on or whatever, we're leaving anyway. I don't know what I'd said. I really don't know. But that stuck with me. And that was one of the lessons of my mom. And she told me later in life, she said, you need to be merciful. And some of us, it comes more naturally for us, and some of us, it does not. You want to be real hard on people, but here's the deal. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven, right? That ties into being merciful. Man, I'm telling you, the, the amount of times people have been merciful with me, we just flew on a trip. You say, is that mercy? I saw it as mercy. We just, we went on a trip, and we went to go hang out with Jen's mom on the East Coast, and we were leaving. Long story, we had bought my ticket with a certain card, and my bag should have been free. But I wasn't on the same reservation as my wife. So you look in the fine print, and they can tell you, no, we're not going to pay for your bag. Well, I asked the guy, and it was one of those where was, I was pleading for mercy. I didn't beg him. I didn't fall to my knees. But I said, we bought it with that card. It's only $35, but can you let me ride today? I thought that was free, and it's trying to charge me. And he was busy. He looked at me, and he was so kind, and he went, don't worry about it today, but you need to be on the same reservation to get that benefit. He was merciful. Such a small thing, but I'll never forget it. Blessed are the merciful. Let's go to Matthew 5, 7. Matthew 5, 7. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Give chances. Give people another try. Give people hope. Don't just cut them off at the knees. Now, if they've been messing with you for years in the same area, taking advantage of you, you need to have a boundary. And that, that's, that's where the, the walk with Jesus and being a believer, that's where the challenge arises. You said, how do I, be, how do I become balanced and not just get, get walked on all the time and taken advantage of? You can say no at times and you can have boundaries. But you know what? You've got to learn to be merciful. I'll never forget when we were in Guatemala years ago. I brought this story up recently. We gave some offerings and we helped some people with different stuff, clothes and shoes, and I think there were some money offerings. This was years ago, probably 10 years ago. I will never forget that they told us, you folks, you, you Americans, you American believers are so merciful. They said, you've seen us in our need and you've been so merciful to us. This next example is not as touching in that as that, but it was a great example of mercy. 2017, we're redoing our house on Permian. And I went to move our Tempur-Pedic mattress and I found mold a slight growth of mold on the bottom. You say, oh, is it green and all this? No, but you can tell mold. It looked like a black stain on the bottom of the mattress. Some of you have seen mold before. That's, that's not good. So I remember I called Tempur-Pedic, and they said, hey, it's under warranty. Text or Send us pictures. Let's look at it. Let's see if it's covered. Well, I sent pictures, and guess what? They go, hey. They didn't say dummy, but I could just hear it in the lady's voice almost. Hey, dummy. When you get a new mattress, you got to take all the plastic off the bottom. Well, when the guy delivered the plastic to me, or, or the Tempur-Pedic to me, in my defense, he said, why don't you leave the plastic on? It'll protect it. Well, the issue with that plastic is it causes your mattress to build up more moisture in the bottom. It protected it from dust, but not from mo uh, moisture and mold. And I, I, I wasn't going to use that as an excuse. I went, oh my gosh. And the lady goes, you know what? We're going we're gonna to warranty this mattress. You can never get another mattress. 
but we're going to send you a brand new mattress, even though that mold shouldn't be covered. I just said, you need my address? What else do you need? Praise God. <laughs> Me and Jen were looking at it going, we don't want to sleep on a moldy mattress. We don't want it to affect us. You say, that's gross. Yeah, but I you know, just won't, don't want to be breathing spores or anything. Mercy. When you get a chance, even today, have mercy with someone. In traffic, I don't know how all the drivers behave in here, but it's tough driving through Dallas, isn't it? Dallas, there's some angry people over there. Lubbock has gotten to the place where people are a little more angry and aggressive. Be merciful to people. And I'm one of those who drives around and I have a running conversation with people. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But I don't get mad and try to get angry with them and honk. And I've told you this before. Come to four-way stops or someone is waving you out, be merciful and be patient with them. I hate it when people are all, like, what did I do? You don't know me. We're not even talking. You're gesturing me angrily. So I try to be extra charming. I'll slow down because I hate that. I hate it when people do that. I go. I wave, wave them on and wave goodbye. I just try to be as nice as I can because I hate that. And it happens to me, I kid you not, at least a few times a quarter. Someone's like, every few months. They're mad. They want you to go. I'm all, where are you going in such a hurry? You're in Hobbs. Slow down, man. Please. Don't want to get in a wreck. Have mercy. Don't you want to be like Jesus? Blessed are the merciful. God blesses those who are merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Hang with me on that. And my third point today, and this ties in to everything else we were speaking about today. Real simple. But my third point today is treat people right in general. You say, man, we've talked about helping. We've talked about having mercy. But treat people right. Look at Luke 6.31. Do we always deserve to be treated right? No, probably not. But we should treat everybody right. I'm sure it's some, in some moments I didn't deserve to be treated right. But here's what scripture says. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Very basic. Very simple as a believer. Treat people right in every situation possible. I'll get into more of that in a moment. Went to school with a guy. I remember in junior high, I'll never forget. And he was odd about people. He was a real outgoing guy. He was kind of harsh. wasn't saved. He prayed the sinner's prayer later, but I don't know if he really got saved or what. But I'll never forget, he was so harsh with people, he would look at me and he'd go, why do I care about them? How are they going to help me? How are they going to help me in life? And that's a really odd way to look at people. I know maybe some of you have thought that, maybe not directly, but you say, well, what can they, what can they give me? Well, some people have nothing they can give you. Really. We see a lot of homeless walking through here. Man, we could be mean to them, but why? Say, they can't give me anything. Yeah, but they have a name and they have a life. And they're a mind and will and emotions. And they have a spirit that can get saved. And they, they have a spirit that can spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And they're savable. Jesus died on the cross for them. Man, you want to learn how to treat people right? Remember that Jesus died on the cross for them too, not just you. Just because you smell better or look better or you're cleaner or whatever. Really? I'm telling you, people can be awful. You want to know where people can be awful? Over the internet. You ever seen that? Ooh, they get brave. It's like they had rattlesnake for breakfast. 
just brave over the, I remember back in the day, it was, well, you sure are tough over this phone. Why don't you come down here? It was over the phone. People were tough. Oh, you're tough over this phone, aren't you? All right, well, why don't you, you know, people were mean over the phone. But now it's over the internet. They say terrible things. They say racist things. They say hateful things. They say, man, believers say awful things. They'll cuss. Come on. Come on, man. Be kind in every circumstance. You know who I love being kind to? Phone operators, customer service. I take pride in being kind to them. Hey, don't get me wrong. Some of them are not helpful and some of them don't speak good English. Really. I'm not going to do any accents in case it offends someone someday when they listen to this message or if they're online right now. But you know what I'm talking about. You call somewhere and you can't understand them and they... My wife and I have talked about this for years, and they just keep reading something. No, Mr. Senna, um, no, here's what it says. right? And they just read you. I'm like, I know what the script says. I'm memorizing it with you. I could do that now. But I need help. Please help me, somebody. I'll never see them again. How can they help me? Well, number one, being kind is going to open doors today for you. It is. But there's times... They may not be helpful, and you have to hang up and call again and get somebody else. All right? And sometimes you have to ask for a supervisor. They showed me a little video. I think it was Jen showed me several months ago. And it was like a cartoon, and the lady goes, oh, you want to talk to someone higher than me? She goes, you can't. This is it. And they go, no, I want to talk to someone higher than you. And the lady goes, okay, okay, hold on. Bow your head. And the person goes, what? What are you doing? What are you talking about? No, bow your head. Close your eyes. Okay. Then she goes, Lord God, Father God, right now they want to talk to someone higher than me. You are higher than me. So would you just help them understand? And they started praying. I guess she was a supervisor and the only one higher than her was God. Father God, just help this person. She sounded Puerto Rican. It was funny, man. Just help them to understand, Lord, that, you know, whatever. Wouldn't that throw them off? Why? I need some help and you can't give me the help. Okay, let's pray. (laughs) Treat people right. It's not only in your best interest as a human, it's in your best interest as a person and a child of God to just love people. And you can can talk to people and get firm and do what you got to do at the right time, but don't be looking for a fight all the time. And don't be, no, give people time and be kind with them. I remember years ago, someone told me, I can't handle when people are impatient with me. And that same person, I would hear them multiple times get on the phone with customer service, cell phone companies, and be rude and impatient. But they couldn't handle when people were impatient with them. Rude and impatient. Like talking about how incompetent they were and everything. Man, that's terrible. Don't ins- you don't got to insult people like that and fight with them. Now, don't get me wrong. I've had times, and I am the nicest person over the phone, I'm telling you. And I take my time. Hi, how are you? I had an insurance lady years ago. I called in Church Mutual, insuring the property. And she got on to me and was irritated that I was trying to file a claim. I guess she didn't want to do work that day. And I don't know, and this and that. And finally, I stopped her. I said, do I need to talk to someone else? Because you're treating me terribly. And she almost choked on her gum. I did it politely. I treated her how I would want to be treated if I was acting like a punk. And she was like, well, I I don't understand. I said, you understand, and this is being recorded, so you can go back later and listen to it. But I said, you're being awful to me. 
You're treating me like a child. We pay. We're in good standing. I just need to make a claim. Y'all come check one of the roofs. That's it. This was years ago. Okay, sir. Like she didn't know what to do. And she was rude and short and said, oh, like, when was the last time you made a claim? I was like, don't we pay you? What is going on? But I was sure to treat her like I wanted to be treated, even though it wasn't ideal. And we hung up on good terms, but I shook up her day a little bit. She didn't get to treat people that, she didn't get to treat me that way. But here's my deal is go out of your way. It's what the Lord says. Go out of your way, really. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. I'm adding that as the Matt translation. Go out of your way to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's review our points today, if you would, please. Seeds and harvest. Hope the Lord spoke to you in some way today. Learn to help and be helpful. Learn to receive help, too. Everybody needs help at some point, so receive help. But give help. Serve. Some just won't, but you can. I'm telling you about it today. You can. Number two, have mercy on people. Sow a seed of mercy today. There's someone in your life giving you heck, and you, you, need to, you might need to give them another chance today. Have mercy. Be merciful because you're going to need mercy sometime. And number three, learn to treat people right. No matter what. Sow seeds of doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Don't forget that. And in all of this, I mentioned it earlier, forgive. Because Jesus said, if you don't forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Learn to forgive when you're having mercy and treating people right. Learn to forgive. It's a good habit. It's what Jesus commands, and it's what he would do. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today, if you would, please. Is there anyone in this house who would say, man, Pastor Matt, I've sowed to the flesh and to death and everything else over the years. I have not sowed righteousness and I need to accept Jesus and get my heart right with him. Is there anyone in this house who has never, ever accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of their life? If that is you today, you say, man, if I died, I don't think I'd go to heaven. I may just go to hell. Say, Pastor Matt, you using that word in church? Yeah, Jesus talked about it. He talked about hell much more than he talked about heaven because he wanted to warn people. Is there anyone in this house who says, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? I've never accepted Jesus. If that is you, raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you today. Anybody at all? God bless you. Thank you for your courage, Miha. We're going to stand with you and we're going to pray together as a family. God bless you. Thank you, Miha, for raising your hand. Let's all repeat this prayer, if you would, today. I want to make sure your heart is right with God. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me. I can't cleanse myself or wash myself from sin. Only you can. Please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me, my God. I need you in my life. And I call upon the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, save me. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And say, I believe you died and rose again for me. In Jesus' name, I believe. Save me, Lord. Come to live in my life, in my heart. I believe in Jesus' name. Now I just want to pray a general prayer over you. Every hand in this house would just raise it to the Lord. Did God speak to any of you today? I believe he spoke to 
several of you today with the word. It's not my word, it's his. Let's just pray a blessing over you today. Father, I speak over their families and their lives, areas where they need the, the word of God to shine a light in. Father, I thank you that you're protecting them. You're being with them at work and their families, their relationships. Everything that pertains to them is blessed as your children. The blood of Jesus is over them today. Protect them. And God, be with them like never before. I thank you, Lord, because you are with your people. And I thank you, Father, that you are favoring them. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name.